This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. Today, I am joined by Kevin Nassimi, Vice President of Real Estate of Nassimi Realty. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you for having me, Chris. It's a pleasure. So, Kevin, we've known each other for a while. Tell me a little bit about, or tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do. So, uh, we're Nassimi Realty, family-owned uh, private real estate company. Been around for, uh, for about 35, 40 years. Um, specialize uh, mostly in suburban shopping centers. Have uh, an in-and-out portfolio of about 30 centers of it in a time across the eastern half of the country. Uh, specifically within the company, I uh, am VP of the leasing department, work on, uh, on deal making, acquisitions, marketing, uh, and everything on that side of the business. And how long have you been in the family business? Since the summer of 2008, so pretty much about 15 years. Uh, I've actually never worked anywhere else. This has been it. Wow. So you've seen some cycles. 08 was an interesting one. And, uh, you know, March of 2020, we started an interesting one and we're about to enter a new one. So you've seen some cycles. You've been around the block a bit. A little bit, a little bit. Not as much as some others, but a little bit. And geographically, where do you guys buy and sell centers? We're a New York-based company, so we prefer to just, we have like a three-hour flight rule, as we like to say. So it's generally around the eastern half of the country. It's, it's, you know, down to Florida, up to Chicago, back to New York, everywhere in between. We like to stay in that area. You know, we we don't operate much in Texas or all all the way to the West Coast. Three-hour flight rule. I like that. Yeah. I like that. And the... Have you been getting out lately, traveling, seeing sites lately? I have, because um, because also do work some work on acquisition side. So to see um, less than I used to, I, I, I can't lie. Uh, certain habits have, have changed these past couple of years. Um, you know, you don't want I don't want to get comfortable, but um, uh, I still like to still like to get to each site at least twice a year, preferably once a quarter. Um, and you know, I also have other members of the team that get out. Sometimes we work on as a team as things and not just individuals. So we each try and get out, you know, once or twice a year to, to add numbers, but, um, not as much as I would like to, but still, still getting there. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it took me a while to get back into a rhythm of getting out and meeting with clients, tenants and meeting and going and seeing markets and seeing sites but it's refreshing to do that man i am i love doing that so but it is refreshing to do that so especially when it's also a drive flights have gotten more and more complicated you know with with the masking and delays and all the paperwork you have and this and that so if i could drive even if it's a five-hour drive get home at night i'll do that any day are you going to the boston icsc we don't we don't do that no. You know, we've just acquired our second site in the New England area, so maybe it's starting to get worth it, but I've never been. Don't do that one. I haven't been in a long time. My team's always gone, but I 
I am going, and you mentioned the, so that's a, if you were going to Boston, you would drive? It's right on the fence. It's on the fence. I, I actually just, if it's like downtown Boston, would even consider a train. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. So I'm taking the train. I live in the city. I could get to Penn Station, get, if you get the Excel or whatever, it's, get Wi-Fi. It's not the worst thing. That's what I'm doing. I'm taking, I'm taking the train. And be, be, there's there's a lot of trains. So unlike a flight, like if you decide like, ah, I need to stay an extra hour or I want to leave an hour early. It's a lot simpler than flying. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Especially if you're going downtown and where you can then walk or wherever, you know, if you have to visit sites. Sure. It doesn't pay. Sure. Well, I want to take us to a part of the show called Clear the Air. I got three questions for you. They're about you. Are you ready? Born ready. All right. Question one. When is the last time you tried something for the first time? So, um, about three, three and a half years ago, we, I got my first residential conversion project. And I actually literally this morning have finally gotten a CEO on it. So it's been a full three and a half years. It's been a gruesome, troubling ride of doing a, a completely different animal. Being commercial real estate and residential real estate, I learned almost have nothing to do with one another. And uh, being that was my first residential project. And, uh, you know, I, I, I could say I, I, I had a tough learning curve. And it's been a full three and a half years since I've tried something because that's been so rough on me. What, what was the, what was it before it was resi? It was in one of those uh, neighborhoods, you know, where, where, where has been gentrified. So it actually, it was, it's retail on the bottom and it was three stories of just storage and commercial, you know, just, just commercial storage, let's call it. It was uninhabitable. Interesting. So now, you know, now those, those apartments get $50 a foot uh, where it's worth it, where, you know, several years ago, you, you, no one would want to live there. Wow. Very cool. How many units? 10. Awesome, man. Very cool. All right. Question two. What is one skill you don't possess, but wish you did? Almost correlated. The natural knack and understanding for construction. It's a part of the deal making, unfortunately. It really is. You know, I'm the guy when you, you know, when you pull in your your car to the shop and they say, oh, the left defibrillator is not working. This I'm the guy who just says, okay, do whatever you got to do. I can't answer. I don't know. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> it's technical about any detail. I just, it bounces off my head naturally. It, it goes in, it goes out. I don't understand it. Obviously I don't try and show the other side that, but I don't have a natural knack, a natural understanding for it. And uh, it definitely, definitely affects my business capability. I, I'm, man enough to admit that it's tough i don't have a i'm not good with my hands i'm not i have three kids i'm always struggling trying to build a toy or something I, <laughs> i'm that dad i'm that guy it's just who i am i was born that way I, I always complain to my father about it this is a gene that he had i didn't wish i didn't have it but i do and it's, it's it gets to my my business capability i just don't understand construction naturally very well i hear you okay last question 
What is one thing most people agree with, but you do not? Um, by, I'm going to title most people as, uh, as other, you know, private landlords, friends, you know, similar okay. to you. Okay. And it's actually, it's, it's come up a few times recently and it's arguing with brokers over commissions. I, I have a soft spot. And I'm, I'm extremely generous with like their first ask. I usually immediately take it. I don't ask for a point off. I don't ask for a dollar per foot off, whatever it is. I, I'm, I'm extremely, extremely generous when it comes to, you know, tenant rep, landlord rep, whatever, whatever it is, the brokers in our business, which is obviously a major part of it. I get into a lot of arguments internally about it. I get... You know, I, I get into a lot of arguments externally when, you know, when you have a, a peer who says, oh, you know, I got the five bucks a foot down the street from so-and-so. I want it here, too. But it's just something I don't agree with everyone. Let them eat. We're eating. We got the deal. Let them get, the, you know, their full full price and everybody wins is my mindset. Got it. Yes. Brokers are very important in our business. Uh for sure, and making sure they can eat is, is certainly important. Uh, okay, I want to pivot a second, and I want to talk. I want to talk about a story um, about Burlington and Clifton. So, tell me the story, and what time period are we in? So, when when you're talking about that one, it actually it starts from 2017. We, we had a site there. It was one of those, I call it a 1990 beauty. It was built with uh, Pathmark and Kmart. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's the two anchors and it hummed along great for 20 years. And, and then um, when Pathmark filed the second time, it's about 60,000 feet, I called them every week, every two weeks hammered, hammered, hammered. It just made so much sense to me. They were kind of worried. They were two, three miles in every direction, you can say, but in, in the dense parts of North Jersey, it just, when you know your asset, you know your trade area, you just know that they're not going there. Try, 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 try. They said no. We ended up doing okay. When we, did a, we did a Key Foods and LA Fitness. That was done. We fast forward then a couple of years and our Kmart went out. This is when they filed the second time also. And then we were had 100,000 square feet to go. So here I am again, calling them, calling them, calling them, calling them, saying no, 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 no. And even in my office, it was like an ongoing joke. I kept making ICSC meetings with them, bringing it up again. I kept... And you know, you're, you're talking about Kmart right now, right? I'm talking about the Kmart space. Calling okay. Burlington to, to take, take a portion of it. And uh, and uh, finally, one day, as, as, as some of us may know, I think they got a new COO from Ross. They, they built a, you know, a little bit of a different model, densification, smaller formats, whatever it was. I got the call from, from their tenant rep broker that has, I called no sarcasm close to a hundred times on this site over the, over the course of four years. Is that Cliff? Cliff Simon. Correct. And, uh, it's a fan favorite of everybody. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, Kevin, I just want you to know 
that your persistence has finally paid off. I, we just got new marching orders from corporate and, and, and we need more sites and we can do this. And you're the first person I thought of because of how many times you, uh, you, uh, you've reached out and here we are. Uh, let's go. And we, you know, at that point we already had about half the building full. Luckily we still had the other half available. We hammered out a deal and uh, they just opened in the fall of 2021. So you brought up a bunch of things that I think are so important, just some fundamentals. One, just the no quit, you, you continue to call on these for you guys for years. You thought they were the right tenant for this center in this trade area. Two, um, you and th there's a corollary to that, which is you have to really know your asset and your trade area, right? And and you did, and that persistence and, and it clearly it carried over to other deals because if you hadn't released the Pathmark box and had a grocer and a gym that brought in traffic and it was all vacant. I don't know if Burlington maybe wouldn't have wanted to be the only one going in, but you had critical mass and you had good uses. Obviously, I know the center, it's, 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 it's on a really strong corridor in Clifton. So, it, you know, that piece was taken care of, but you needed, the, you needed to make sure that um, you had some critical mass. Otherwise, that, you know, that tenant might not have gone without any, 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 um, anyone else. So, well said. You know, there's a little bit of luck to, to a lot of deals at times. Timing is also everything. And you're right. If we were sitting on two empty boxes when he called and looked at it, he would have probably said, "Forget it." But luckily for us, that wasn't the case. I'm I'm hopeful, and I'm assuming that. The three of them, the rents are higher than Kmart and Pathmark were paying? Not Pathmark. Okay. I can't, I can't lie on camera. We built <laughs> it for them and the rents, you know, in those those mid-90s were different. Got it. Yeah. Got it. But the Kmart, yes. Kmart, low basis with Kmart. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, listen. If I, really... I'm, I'm comfortable airing some dirty laundry on camera, that Pathmark lease, you know, was $32 a foot on almost wow. 60,000 square feet, triple net, North wow. Jersey taxes. Wow. So obviously that number is tough. Did when, when, when they filed, there was a lot of people who were assuming Pathmark leases. Did any, was anyone looking at those leases, that lease? Um, a little bit. You know, the, the usual suspects in North Jersey did, but it didn't even really get past first base, I would say. I think there was just, the area was covered. There was just so much cannibalization. Everyone's kind of within a mile of this, and uh, no one really got, got past first base, I would say, unfortunately. Got it. Got it. Okay, well, listen, thank you for sharing the story. Really appreciate it. I want to, you know, just take the last few minutes uh, with you and I kind of to discuss what your take is on the market. You operate in many states. I know it's only the eastern half of the country, but it's a wide geography. You talk to many tenants. 
you're talking to brokers, you're really plugged in. What's your overall take on the market right now? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the question comes at an interesting time. We're fresh off Vegas ICSC a few weeks ago. It was, uh, was, uh, was my first time sitting down with everybody. And at that point, two and a half years, I didn't make the one in, uh, in fall of 19. I was, I was, my wife was expecting a child. I think there's, um, you know, there's a few topics I'll brush on, on the, you know, the, the top line of it. I think pads are king. Freestanding build buildings, ground in the front is, I've never seen such demand for one specific, you know, let's call it product type. So product type. I, everyone wants it. Everyone who used to be in line wants it. Everyone wants to drive through everybody. You know, the, the demand is just endless. We get one, you know, not even a great one. It's a decent one. I feel like we have 10 proposals in, in two weeks, you know it's a, it's pick a you know pick one you know you can almost get a bidding war going if you really want to that type of feeling the type of demand that you have especially obviously a good center a good anchor good visibility traffic light all that kind of stuff it's it's a home run you have endless users who are interested in it i think we have the least amount of big box availability since since I started, you know, like I said, I really got my feet wet in the business more like by understanding of 09, 2010. And there was a lot of carnage already that happened by that point. You know, I, I don't remember a time where there was such little available box space. You know, coming off retailers that literally, you know, that a couple of years ago had their pick of the litter and they say, I can't find anything, you know can't find anything. Do you have anything there? I'll, I'll, I'll expand it. I'll do it. I'll do this. I'll, I, I found that part to be unique. And uh, not to get geographic or political, I think, you know, certain, especially franchise-driven concepts, the main expansion is in the Southeast. When you talk to certain groups, you say, all right, where do you have active people? You know, where do you have active, where, where are you growing right now? Is it a gym or a restaurant chain or whatever? It's anything mostly franchise-driven. The actions down in the southeast, where they've obviously had a major population growth the past couple of years, and they, uh, you know, hell everyone. I want to be in Florida. I want to be in Georgia. I want to be in the Carolinas, Tennessee, Texas, whatever it is. You know, you're, you've heard a lot of that, and uh, less, you know, less than the northeast, less than the coast. It's uh, that that was an interesting topic. I saw those as three, three, three trends that weren't really the case a couple of years ago. Yeah, so the first one I'll agree with. I, I, I totally, it's fascinating, uh, the demand for pad sites. You know, I think every landlord I speak to is seeing the same thing. There's an endless amount of users for pads. Um, and, and, and one of the reasons is, is, there's over the course of time, you know, you're, you, you start to run out of land for pads. So there's actual supply constraint. Um, the second piece, which I don't think a lot of people would think is totally true. I think it's a little bit the same. There's a couple of reasons. One is, so you mentioned your Kmart and Pathmark. One of the thing that's happened, people talk about the store size shrinking. Well, what's that's done 
is there's many more users in the 25,000 square foot range. And a lot of these Kmarts, let's use Kmart. If you think about all the Kmarts in America, the amounts that got backfilled, and we'll take all the ones that are backfilled, which is many, the amount that are backfilled with one user versus multiple user is significant. So meaning that the, the, the amount of multiple users in one space. So what that does, right? If you take a Kmart box and you put in four tenants, well, now if one person goes, you you really, you have a small box left. You don't have large box space available. And it creates this new scenario where there's a lot less 100,000 foot stores in America than there was, you know, and I think that's a key piece. There's a lot less 100,000 foot stores in America. The second thing is, I think one of the things that we don't talk about enough, you know, when people paint the picture of notwithstanding government stimulus and everything that happened in the pandemic, you know, there was a, there's a, you know, spotlight on retail come in, you know, we're going to have a hundred thousand closures and this and that. And one of the things that people missed was that the retail real estate industry took a lot of its medicine pre-pandemic. So Sports Authority, Toys R Us, Borders, all these brands that filed bankruptcy and got rid of stores and liquidated chains, millions of things, everything happened between 2008 and 2020. And so going in, you know, we had taken a lot of the medicine that people didn't think we had taken. You couple that today with there's very little new construction and across the country because of construction costs. And there's this crazy thing happening where, you know, obsolete retail space is being repurposed to other uses. So all that's doing is limiting the supply. So if you own retail real estate, you know, if some mall anchors getting changed into, you know, a multifamily, great. I love it because all it's doing is restricting the supply of retail space. That's a great point. When it, just if I may, I'll piggyback on, on the for the lack of boxes, it's the other sectors. You have a lot of these malls that used to be a million square feet of retail that have been repurposed industrial, self storage, knocked down multifamily. That has really gobbled up a lot of space. And I think that, especially industrial, the past couple of years is is hypersensitive. That's yeah. taking up a lot of space. A lot. So when we used to talk, we used to talk that we were overstored in America. I now publicly a lot. I'm saying we have too many digital stores and we're understored physically. Fair. So we're definitely getting there. Yeah. It's tough to build. You're right. There's land restraints. It's so costly to build now more than ever. There's just less, less supply coming. Yeah. And, and I think the making boxes smaller is a key piece too. Cause like, we, we had three Kmarts. One of the Kmarts turned into Ollie's, Harbor Freight, and um, Planet Fitness. Another Kmart turned into Lidl, Harbor Freight, Ollie's, and Goodwill. And the other one turned into At Home. So the, the I now have at a three, what I used to have only three boxes is now actually eight stores. So making the boxes smaller, right, and spreading the risk through multiple tenants is really paid dividends that people don't see because every landlord's been doing this. And I think the the piece that 
we where where you'll see a blip. I'll tell you where you see a blip in this in this. What will from the because I feel notwithstanding the inflation, interest rates, the fundamentals of our product type of in retail real estate, open air, suburban retail real estate, to me is as strong as it's ever been. The thing that will make a blip is every year since 2008, we've had something that we haven't had in a long time. And when I say long time, a couple of years, which is a mass store closure. Yeah. So you haven't had the, you know, if you think about when, what, what, what happens when, what happens when Toys R Us files, right? There's a perception in the marketplace Oh my God, all this good real estate's not coming available. And what it does is for the, the users who are out looking for space, it takes their eye off the ball of whatever they were working on. They're like, I don't want to miss this opportunity. And we start looking at all these toys boxes and they want to make sure that they've seen it. They've done their job. They're looking at it and it slows down the pace at which they're doing everything else. So I'm not talking about pruning. Every retailer's got to prune a certain amount of their stores every year. But we haven't had the mass store closure. When we have a mass store closure, that has impacts that we don't talk about enough in our industry. Like even if it's not in your market, what it might do is that retailer you're working with, it might now say, hey, time out. I got to make sure that I've got this covered. Like this massive opportunities come. Toys R Us has this amazing real estate and it slows the world down. Um, And right now it's really fast. Um. Well said. We haven't had a, I call it the bankruptcy wave. We haven't, thank God, had one in the last 18 months. No, we haven't had a mass closure. And here's the other thing. There's a guy, Simeon Siegel, who puts out, uh, put out this article in the pandemic. The non-bankruptcy mass store closures, like of pennies and all these, he did an analysis of like any retailer that's done a mass store closure. And the analysis was, did it work? Did it like actually, we did a mass store closure. Did it actually save the company? Did it help? And he studied like 20 or 25 that did this. And very few did it actually improve the business fundamentals of the organization. Primarily, all you're really doing is shrinking your business. And it does like, yeah, like, because no one ever thinks about that. Like everyone's always like, all right, like, hey, we're, we're struggling here. Let's cut all the stores. You know, we're struggling in these hundred stores. Let's cut them. And no one's ever like really analyzed like, well, did that work? All these retail, a lot of retailers that you're not the first one to think of that as a solution. Did it actually help? Like, what are you trying to get? Is it cut costs, increase margin. What are you trying? Like, has it worked? And his analysis is like, it really doesn't work. It's going on with a few right now, like Bed mm-hmm. Bath and so on. I'm curious to see how it goes. Now that yeah. you say that, I'm going to track it ahead. Yeah, the thing that the thing that I the thing that I would say the one thing that you didn't touch on that I would say about Vegas that I was was really interesting was retailer optimism. Notwithstanding, it wasn't a great quarter. Was through the roof. Their optimism was yeah. through the roof. Like people who are selling things in physical real estates, their, their optimism, whether it's a, a healthcare service or a shirt. Their optimism through the roof. Well said. Definitely agreed. Definitely yeah. felt the same thing. Missed that one. It's everyone. Everyone. Not every sector. It was really something. Um, 
Okay. Listen, I really appreciate you coming on. Give a lot of good insights. I got three fun questions for you. You ready? Yes, sir. All right. Question one. What extinct retailer do you wish would come back from the dead? Radio Shack. Radio Shack. For a guy who can't put anything together, that's the one you want? You want You want to go and get like parts to build something? <laughs> I, I, need, I needed a, a three-thing adapter for, to get on this call today. And I was <laughs> running around stores this morning to get my screens up. So I'm ready for you today. Oh, my God. Well, thank you. Time to order it online and wait the two days. Okay. Question two. What is the last item over $20 you bought in a store? I go to stores all the time. I'm the wrong guy for that question. I protect almost my own interest. My wife makes fun of me. Every day she has two, three boxes coming. And the next morning I bring most of it back to, to, to be returned. But I... I just before the summer went on a shopping spree. This shirt I'm wearing is, is from Bloomingdale's. I bought this uh, towards the middle of June. I did a little spree before, uh, before going on vacation. Where'd you go on vacation? Oh, Hamptons. Just the okay. Hamptons Red Bull, yeah. All right. So no big trip this year. Got too many little ones. It's too complicated. Yeah. So if you want some advice on the big trip with the little ones, I have two, but I... I think I've got some pieces figured out. So the number one advice, this, this is going to blow you away. This is my number one advice. This is how I do a big trip now. So I have a great relationship with my in-laws. Okay. And my, my mother-in-law is like, like it, it wouldn't be a weird thing if like I was on my way home from work and I call my mother-in-law and we just chatted for 10 minutes. So like I have a great relationship with her and uh, she's awesome. So the answer is I bring my mother-in-law. Yeah. So is my best friend too. Yeah. Can't argue. So bring my mother-in-law. That's the answer to a big trip. That's how I solve all the issues that you were talking about. Um, Noted, noted, noted. Last question, Kevin, if you and I went shopping at Target and I lost you, what aisle would I find you in? Snacks. Snacks. I'm a big, it's a pet, I, I call it, I have a salt tooth, not a sweet tooth. Yeah, I have a salt tooth. Guy. I still eat Doritos, Cheetos, cheddar popcorn almost every single day. I'm that guy, like I fight with, when they have like, a, my kids have a birthday on like a Sunday <laughs> or something, I'm like, I'm like fighting with my hands in the, in the candy bar. I have a real salt tooth. I'm addicted like to chips. Almost every single day I, I eat a full bag of something. Well, I the ones you you mentioned are pretty nostalgic for me, but I the the that the salt world has come a long way. There's all these like cool brands and custom new chips. Like every time I go to a store, I feel like like what is that brand of new chips? Like kettle this and this new flavor. Are you trying all those? No, not that guy. No. I'm not big on like change. My <laughs> wife tries to, to, to bring, she brings some. She has the shopping. It's what this is there. I try it, but I'm, I still love the oldies. They're, they're, they're the goodies for a reason. You know, I know they're not as well for you. Thank God I'm blessed. It doesn't really negatively affect my body too much. I'm, 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 I'm processed food is fine. It is what it is with me. I'm all good with it. 
This has been great. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.